You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And text said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Bonjour. How's it going? How are you? I you doing good well. tonight? I'm yeah. feeling a little bloated. Oh, you're feeling a little bloated? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I had some potato chips in between recordings. Mm. And so what was it? The salt and vinegar? The salt and vinegar. Plus and I made the rainbow cupcakes. Oh, oh yes. We had some really delightful. yummy, delightful, delightful. rainbow cupcakes. Um, so good, Mark. I'm so Thank proud you. of your baking skills. Yeah. It's the only thing I know how to bake. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? At least it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yummy. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Always. Ooh. Mm. Them cupcakes be lit. Lit. Lit cake. Lit cakes. Oh, Jen Wilson's bringing us on a horny adventure. Yeah, what's I our am. topic? I'm yeah. so well, jazzed. Well, before I introduce the topic, I have a question for both of you. Ooh. So it's kind of a... A two-part question that you kind of have to answer together. Have you ever known a set of twins and what was their dynamic like? Oh, I didn't know a set of twins, but I knew these sisters, Kirsty and Allie. I shit you not. Oh my God, Kirsty and Allie. Okay, yeah, continue. And, yeah, like, Kirsty Allie. Yeah, exactly. And I asked them, I was like, is that a joke? And they were like, not amused by me thinking it was a joke. Oh, my God. Um, but they were very similar. They might have been, like, fraternal twins. Okay. Yeah. But, like, how was their dynamic together? Like, like very close, it okay. seemed, from what I could gather. I knew a set of identical twins when I was in high school. They were normal. Like, they were very nice. They were, like, a little bit on the nerdier side. Yeah. But how were they with each other? I don't really know. You don't know? You don't remember? Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's it's rare to encounter a set of identical twins. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Gonk and I are identical, yeah. but you wouldn't know. Yeah. I used to work at a school where I worked with a set of twins. I can't say their names. Their names rhymed with one another. Oh. Like Phil Weird. and Will? Yeah. Weird. Like that. Okay. Yeah. They were identical. They had, like, rhyming last names. Then they also dressed, like, identical at school. Really? And the only way you could tell the difference between the two of them was by the tone of their voice. Oh, God. I would be so fucked. I would not. Right? I would not know what's going on. That's how I was able to tell the difference. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, and you have to be pretty dialed in for that because I don't think I'd be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Their dynamic was so weird. It was like they would tattle on each other, but then they would defend each other. It was really weird. Oh. It was very unhealthy. It was like a love-hate relationship. Yeah. I knew another set of twins who kind of had a love-hate relationship. I think they're okay now. Yeah. But like... The Olsons? Yes. The Olsons. No, but back in the day, it was always kind of like butting at the heads type of thing. Okay. But anyway, I never heard of this story that we're talking about tonight Mm -hmm. until I went to the movies a few weeks back and I saw a trailer for this film that's coming out this year, which is titled The Silent Twins. The Silent Twins. About sisters named June and Jennifer Gibbons who barely talk to anyone but each other for 30 years. Oh, wow. That's wild. Right? So June and Jennifer were born in 1963 at a military hospital in Yemen where their father had been deployed. 
They were identical twins. Their births were not unusual. There was nothing weird about either of them. But not long after their birth, they moved from Barbados to England. They were also part of the Windrush generation, which was essentially people immigrating to the UK between 1948 to 1971 from Caribbean countries. Okay. So it was like not the time to be an immigrant living in England. And were, it was not a good time for these twins either. Were they oh black? Boy. Yes. yes. Once they've reached speaking age, their parents started to realize that they were far behind the rest of their peers. They spoke English at home, but they kind of spoke their own private language that only the two of them could understand. Oh, twin language. That mm-hmm. phenomenon that people talk about. That's like, kind of cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I know. It's believed that what they were speaking was a sped up version of what is called Ba Creole, which is a mix of English and Creole together. Oh, wow. Kind of like like Spanglish. Okay. Like going in and out of Spanish and English. Okay. But not only did they feel isolated in school because of the color of their skin, but they were very much bullied. School would actually dismiss them earlier than the rest of the students, thinking it would help them get home and not be followed and bullied on the way home Oh, after that's school. terrible. I mean, yeah. I'm glad they tried to help them, but that's awful. But the school should have held those kids accountable. Yes. Absolutely. Around this time that all of this bullying was happening at school, they became very inseparable, the two of them, and only communicate it with each other, mm. which... In their language that yes. they sped up and, yeah which they were given the name the Silent Twins. Oh, wow. That's kind of rad. They would only speak to each other. They refused to read or write in school and would sometimes mirror each other's actions. In, can I ask in what way? Like, how do they mirror like their Like mannerism actions? type of things. So Got it's it. like if I like move right. hand gestures, yeah. If I move right, you move right. Yep. Okay. So basically they moved in unison. Yeah. At at times mm-hmm. well that's very bizarre so, that is very you both make a valid point even the school staff started to witness this bizarre behavior mm-hmm. when it came to like the yearly school health checks oh boy the like equivalent to the school nurse stated that like the two of them would be doll-like having no reaction what? to being examined Shh. like would just sit there lifeless Oh my God. I guess it would be an easy exam for the nurse then. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have been doing her a favor. So, this particular individual wound up notifying a psychologist who insisted that the girls enroll in therapy. Okay. They saw numerous doctors and they still refused to speak to anyone but each other. Wow. So, even with all of the additional help and like get, trying to get other people involved, yeah. they still just did their own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So finally, the decision was made to separate them. They were both sent to two different boarding schools in the hopes that this would break this weird cycle. It was kind of anticipated that this would help them to socialize and come out of their shells, but it did not. Okay. It sounds like a good idea of sorts in theory because you're like, well, we're trying all these things. Yeah. No, absolutely. But... Both of the girls actually became catatonic. Mm -hmm. It was reported that it would take two people just to get June out of bed. She would just sit against the wall motionless. So like to physically lift her, Mm -hmm. get her out of the bed. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, shit. They kind of started to realize that this wasn't working. The girls were finally reunited. 
However, they only communicated with each other. They also isolated themselves in their bedroom. And if they needed to speak to their parents, they would write so in letter. Well, now we're at the extreme phase of where they're not really talking. They're catatonic. And so the only means of communication is letters. Correct. Oh, shit. This is, wow. Do we know, like, the age range they're at at this point? I'm not. I want to say at this point they're probably early teens. That's what I was going to Yeah. There was a journalist, Marjorie Wallace, who was covering the story and had this to say about their living arrangements. Jealous, Marjorie. Yeah, Marjorie. She's going to spill the tea. So she says... I saw their parents and they took me upstairs and they showed me in the bedroom lots of bean bags filled with writings, exercise books. And what I discovered was that while they had been in that room alone, they had been teaching themselves to write. I put the books in the trunk of the car and took them home. And I couldn't believe this, that these girls to the outside world hadn't spoken and had been dismissed as being zombies had this rich, imaginative life. Oh, my God. So they had this own, their own world. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. I, it's implied by the fact that they were just communicating with each other. But I mean, it goes so much deeper, it seems. They started doing things like playing with dolls and like role playing with dolls. Okay. Um, like kids do. Yeah. Writing fantasy stories. And then they would record down and share sometimes with their younger sister. After being gifted journals, they would just continue to write and write and write and write and write. They really developed a passion for writing that even at 16 years old, they actually put their money together and took a mail order writing class. Wow. Cool. Mm -hmm. They did. Wow. They did a lot of stuff secretly. But I wonder how a mail order writing class would have I don't worked. know how that yeah. would have worked. That's actually a really good question. Because it was like, I'm sure it's before internet time, yeah. so you're not doing it's like... It's probably like you're given like a book and a workbook and mm. you have to do it and then probably turn it back in and then yeah. like that's considered Oh yeah, I think you're right. Credit? I don't sounds, know. Yeah, I might benefit sounds from logical. that today. Yeah, maybe I'll look for one. I don't know. Because of this writing, they began to publish their stories... But the stories were a little bit problematic. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> I hope they're dark. Oh, I can't wait. I hope we get details. So most of their stories, for whatever reason, took place in the United States, predominantly in Malibu. Mal, cool. interesting choice. Yes. Okay. And it was always revolved around an attractive young person who, like, always committed some harsh crime. Mm. So their one novel, The Pepsi Cola Addict, was about a teen who was seduced by his teacher. It's like a homosexual erotic novel. Wow, open-minded twins. I like them. Yeah. The book was actually published. Oh, my. Patreon, please. We Um, have to read it. I need an Amazon wish list. I I don't know how easy it is to get it, because it's like you type it in. We'll have to look later. Yeah, this is a sidebar This might be something that you might have to, like, do a real deep dive. Do, like, an eBay. Well, let us know. If we find it, would you like an audiobook read by all of us for Patreon? Let us know. Let us know about the Pepsi-Cola addict. Yeah. They started to get bored after a while, and they really wanted to see the outside world. So they began drinking, doing drugs, and they started committing petty thefts. 
Cool. Wow. So like vandalism, theft. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Oh, yeah. They were then sent to the Broadmoor Hospital, which oh. was a high security mental health facility. Mm, that's a notorious one. They were treated with high doses of antipsychotic medicine, which actually caused Jennifer at one point to have blurred vision. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh. A diary entry from June states, we got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We had to work hard to get out. We went to the doctor. We said, look, they wanted us to talk. We're talking now. He said, you're not getting out. You're going to be here for 30 years. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the home office. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to pardon us, to get us out. But we were trapped. Oh, boy. So the queen wasn't that great after all. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Call Un- the sex pistols. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Well, finally, in March of 1993, the girls were transferred to a lower security facility, which was located in Wales, which is like directly next to England. Okay. On the same island. Okay. So upon arrival, Jennifer was pronounced dead at 29 Uh, years old. Oh, one of the twins. Yes, due to a sudden inflammation to the heart. So to this day, her death still remains a mystery because there was no proof of drugs or poison in her system. This is where it starts to get bizarre buffet. Oh. Okay? Oh, God, I can't wait. So after Jennifer's death, June immediately began to speak to everyone. Like... As if she spoke to them her whole life. Oh, weird. Okay. Oh, my God. She was soon released from the hospital and then went on to just, like, live a regular normal life. So, like, everything had just, like, suddenly changed. Yes. But the journalist who I discussed earlier, Marjorie Wallace. Yeah. She did a deep dive into their journals. Oh, go for it, Marge. Yes, Margie. she learned that there was a little bit of hatred towards each other. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. This is from an article that I found on allthingsinteresting.com. I love that site. Regarding Marjorie and her research on the twins. Oh my God, Marge, go for it. For the most part, Wallace noticed June seemed to be more fearful of Jennifer, and Jennifer seemed to be the dominant force. Evil twin. In the early stages of their relationship, Wallace continually noted that June seemed to want to speak to her, but subtle clues from Jennifer seemed to stop June. So, pretty much... She was like, shut up with her eyes. June's like, trying, like, wants to talk to this woman, and Jennifer's like... Yeah, she's like, if you open your goddamn so then, mouth, so she was controlling. As she hell. was controlling as yeah. hell. But then oh, it goes, boy. it goes on to say that as time went on, that attitude appeared to continue mm. throughout her relationship with the silent twins. Marjorie would note June's apparent wish to distance herself from Jennifer and Jennifer's domineering ways. Oh. Oh goodness! And our girl Marge also states, "Love Marge." I know I've got I've got a couple of Marge statements I for love you. It. I took my daughter in, and we went through all the doors, and then we went into the place where the visitors were allowed to have tea, and we had quite a jolly conversation to begin with. And then suddenly, in the middle of the conversation, Jennifer said, "Marjorie, Marjorie, I'm going to have to die," <clears throat> and I sort of laughed. I sort of said, "What?" Why are you going to have to die? You're not ill. 
And she said, because we've decided, at that point, oh. I got very, very frightened because I could see that they meant it. Oh. So Marjorie realized that day that these girls have been preparing for one of them to die for a while. Oh, my God. And it seemed Dark. that they both came to this conclusion that one of them had to die so the other one could live. Uh, uh. Well, wow. that's on them. I mean, yeah. That's a them problem. It, it is, but I mean... I, uh, it sounds... I'm assuming all of this developed in their hyper-connected, uh, non-talking phase. I don't know. Marjorie, though, also noted that she visited June a few days after Jennifer's death. And, like, said that she was in really good spirits. Yeah, I bet like, she was. Willing, she, like, let freedom ring. Willing to talk. <laughs> From that moment on, she said, it seemed like she was, like, a completely different person. Oh. I'm, like, I'm glad for her, but I'm also sad for her. <laughs> like, You know, she also yeah. told Margie how Jennifer's death opened her up to allow her to be free for the first time. This kind of sounds very Gypsy Rose Blanchard, did it? Doesn't yeah, it, right? kind of does. Yeah. Free Gypsy Rose. Yeah. Free Gypsy Rose. Yeah. Freer. Freer. <laughs> You know, they decided that once Jennifer did die, that it would be June's responsibility to live for the other. And she did that. June did that. So it's Good. years later. She's still alive. She still lives in the UK, not far from her family. She's like back into society. She speaks to anyone who will listen. When asked why she and her sister had committed themselves to being silent for nearly 30 years... June simply replied, we made a pact. We said we weren't going to speak to anybody. We stopped talking altogether. Only us two in our bedroom upstairs. So that is the story oh of the silent That's twins. fucking creepy. Isn't it? That's very oh, unusual. That is. I would be curious as to what the younger sister would have to say. Right? About... I think there's a documentary out there somewhere. I think you can pull it up on YouTube. Okay. Well, I am going to do a search for that. I can tell you that we'll much. Do it. I think the darkest thing about this is the fact that Jennifer said she planned on dying, and then on the way over to... She died. She died. Yeah. With, for, like, basically unknown, unknown. circumstances. Yeah. It's interesting because there was a study done, essentially where people who were healthy, essentially, mm -hmm. who convinced themselves that they were dying, who under tests and surveillance by like medical, like mm -hmm. trained professionals, their bodies displayed symptoms like heart rates lowering. Mm -hmm. There were different things that they exampled essentially yeah but they sort of like wished it into existence mm -hmm. right but i see this connection yeah. here so it's like for all these years they had this idea for whatever reason wherever it came from it's kind of irrelevant but i mean i suppose it's a possibility but to effectively pull it off and actually die. That's, that's impressive. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe impressive or is a bad you, word. I don't know. Or do you think maybe she... I mean, did they do an autopsy? I didn't see anything about an autopsy. Because remember, it said that there was nothing in her system to prove that it was drugs or... So they must have done um, something or then. Like yeah. drugs or any sort of like poison. Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, maybe if she was in a hospital, mm -hmm. maybe she was hoarding medication. And then... On the way over, she was like, this is my moment. And she 
I mean, I, a bunch of pills I, and that I, was it. I could see that in theory, but I think with what Jen said, I think, in my opinion, what's implied is that they did do tests. Yeah. And they, and didn't, they find didn't find anything. A, a, yeah. a logical or scientific yeah. reason like yeah. that. But I, that is a good I, good theory. Yeah. It is. But but if I, they did an autopsy, they, they, were they like, obviously did some kind of. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. But it's like some really interesting shit. It is. How they were able to get away with that for 30 years. That's fascinating. We're, that, like, not even, like, psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, Jen, I love that so yeah, much. Yeah, that was really fascinating. Yeah. If you want to see y'all. Jen and I dress as twins on Patreon, let us know. Patreon.com slash Bizarre Buffet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do journal writings, and you're going to watch us for hours. For 30 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And then Mark's going to come in as Margie, and he's going to... He's going to fix it. He's going to fix it all. Yeah, and he'll capitalize. And he'll capitalize on us. You know? So, yeah, yeah, support us on Patreon. Yeah. It helps keep our internet yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, it helps keep our hosting. And we love you all and we so do. much. We do. We do. Dear Lay. We also have a YouTube channel where you could see us in the yeah. flesh. Yeah. yeah, you may be watching us right now. Hi. And Ooh, hi. also follow us on Instagram. Facebook. And also, you Bizarrebuffet.com. know. Yep, Bizarrebuffet.com. Yep, and, you know, tell all your friends and enemies about yeah, us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tell your grandma. Tell your great-grandma. Tell your dead grandma tell via your grandma. a Ouija board. Absolutely. Bring the laptop to oh the cemetery. Put it God. on the grave. Yes. Say, Grandma, Do listen to this podcast. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, mm, I'm one of the twins. And I'm Mary-Kate Olson. And I'm the gay boy that is the Pepsi Cola addict that slept with his teacher. <laughs> I'm oh so jealous God. I didn't pick that one. I know, you're so jealous, uh, but you know what? Pepsi Cola addict. <laughs>